are you either single or in a relationship and sometimes when you don't hear from your partner or the person you're starting to date for a length of time you start to get really anxious or maybe you're in a relationship or single and the other person seems to become a little bit needy or clingy and constantly is trying to call you or text you or you know if you're back late one day they get really worked up and that makes you want to withdraw because you feel a little bit overwhelmed. If any of these things apply to you, then stay tuned because we're going to talk about that in this podcast. Hi, welcome to this episode of the Mind, Body and Relationship Maze. And today we're going to be talking about how your attachment style can affect you if you're single and out dating and also how it affects you if you're currently in a relationship. And what do we mean by attachment style, you might wonder. In a way, it's a kind of relational style that you have. It's a way of how you look at other people and how you interpret their behavior towards you. So attachment style really has come out of um, the work of John Bowlby, who was a British psychologist. And he discovered that there are different ways, different responses that children have to stresses in their environment and to their relationship with their parents. So, for example, um, when children have a very strong relationship with their parents and they're feeling very, very much like this is, this, these are parents who are always there for me, I can return to them, they're my secure base, as Bowlby said, then he named this a secure attachment style. And basically, if a child didn't have that carer that was there all the time, or if a carer kind of had intermittent signs of caring or kind of giving love to the the baby or the infant, uh, then what happened is the child might develop an anxious attachment style or uh, an avoidment attachment style if the parent was very intermittent with the care that they gave them. And with the anxious attachment style, one of the manifestations was that children started to protest if they didn't get what they needed. So a child would have learned that if I ramp up my protest and say I'm really not happy about this if I cry a lot louder I may get the attention that I will need from my primary carer mum and dad and basically you know in terms of uh, how it affects us as adults which is what we're going to come into is you know as an adult your attachment style can have a big effect when you're out dating we're going to start with looking at how it might affect you if you're currently single and dating. Now, your attachment style that you have now is going to be influenced possibly by the, the attachment style that you developed as a child, but many things can change it. So your relationships as you grow older. So it's not just the ones that you had as, a, as an infant, but, you know, say, for example, uh, even sort of five, six years ago or any time in your life, if you've been in a relationship and maybe something traumatic happened in that relationship. Maybe you felt let down, betrayed, or the, the other person just walked out and you never heard from them again. It might be that that creates a different type of attachment style. We start to become anxious, or maybe we start to become avoidant. Yes, so an avoidant attachment style is when uh, you might have learned either as a child or later on as an adult, come to that in a minute, but let's start with being a child. Um, that your parent was not available to you. So that you could try, as much as you could try, uh, protest, wail, uh, really try to get the parent's attention, they weren't going to respond to you. So what a child learns over time is that my parent is not responsive, I might as well not try. It's a way of giving up, in a way, of trying to get attention. 
And the child will learn that they can, that they need to learn to look after themselves, that they need to be more self-reliable. So obviously in adult relationships, uh, this particular attachment style can still play out. And as Tom just said, attachment styles are not set in stone. So don't walk away thinking, uh, this is because, because I grew up like this, I'm always going to be like that. So they are malleable, they can change your attachment styles. But if there hasn't been a significant change in your life circumstances, for example, and if you are avoidant, then you are likely to be avoidant in the way that you interact with other people throughout your adult life as well. So, uh, sorry, just to sort of, before you come in, Tom, uh, just to say that, so if you have an avoidant attachment style, that means that you uh, will be very careful about you, the way that you approach relationships because you ultimately don't trust them, you ultimately believe that nobody's going to be there for you. And this is really important uh, when we get to as a life, when we start dating, um, because if someone has a secure attachment style, it's quite likely that they, when they find a relationship with somebody else who's maybe secure, that they stay in that relationship for a long time or, you know, pretty much forever. So a great deal of the people or a great amount of people who are out dating at any particular time tend not to be secure. They tend to either be more of an anxious attachment style or an avoidant attachment style. And that can make it more challenging when you're out dating because when we're out there, say, you know, say for example, we're anxious, that means that essentially we have different kind of stresses, different anxiety than somebody who's secure. And also when we're out there, the other person that we're meeting is likely to be anxious or avoidant. And that's going to manifest in certain ways. And it's really pretty important to begin to understand what is your attachment style so you know exactly how that affects you when you're out dating. And also, what is the attachment style of the other person? Because, you know, until you know about attachment styles, sometimes we, we start to think that, you know, say we're anxious and the other person's avoidant, it might be that, you know, we go out on a few dates and then we never hear back from the other person. And we start thinking, you know, if we're anxious, like, what did I do wrong? Was it something about me? Is there something, you know, is there something that I did or said that the other person doesn't like? And we blame ourselves or get very upset. That's right, yes, because yeah. it offers us a particular lens, doesn't it? So our attachment style will determine how we view other people and it will also determine our interpretations. So, for example, as you said, uh, uh, somebody who's anxious will come, will jump to particular conclusions if they're not being contacted by someone else. They will automatically think, oh, well, I need to just maybe ramp up my protest a little bit more. I need to be a bit more demanding and then maybe they will pay attention to me. Um, and also you will over-interpret, you will over-interpret any kind of uh, response or lack of response from the other side immediately in slightly more disastrous terms. And if you're avoidant, well, I mean, you will feel that the other person might be too demanding. Oh, well, I've got another text again from this person who I've just met uh, once on a date and now they're getting in touch with me again. This is too much for me, I, you know. Uh, so someone who's avoidant is likely to feel more over, more easily overwhelmed by the demands of another person. Yeah. So uh, as Angela said, you know, someone who's avoidant is quite quickly maybe going to feel that being, their space is being cramped, mm. and they start to kind of put up barriers. And it's not that they don't want a relationship, but because at some point in their life they've had uh, a challenging situation to do with a relationship. At some level, they're almost protecting themselves from being hurt. So they put up these barriers because as soon as someone gets close, unconsciously, part of them thinks that maybe they're going to get hurt. 
So by putting up these barriers, it almost prevents that hurt from happening. So this is important because if we're involved with somebody who is avoidant and we want to maintain that relationship, we need to be aware that, particularly if we're anxious, when we start calling them too much or texting them too much or kind of you know, trying to be around them all the time, suddenly mm. this person can, can start to kind of uh, withdraw. Yeah. And, and that can be very significant. And it doesn't mean that they don't like you. It means that essentially uh, th- this, this, um, this attachment style is being triggered off where they start to get this anxiety themselves. That's right. And when it gets triggered off, there will be particular responses because somebody who's avoidant, for example, or somebody who's anxious will need to protect themselves. Ultimately, they put down particular defences. So somebody's avoidant will put the shutters down, so to speak. They'll make sure I'm not going to, that they're not going to get hurt. And the best way not to get hurt is to run away as best as they can, as far as they can. So if they're starting to feel too overwhelmed by the demands of somebody who's very anxious... Um, then they're going to clam up, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. And quite frequently, avoidant people would also have these certain kind of stories that they tell themselves that, that in a way, protect them from getting too close and potentially being hurt. Mm-hmm. So stories such as, uh, I'm looking for my soulmate. So if you ever know someone who says, yeah, I'm, I'm going to find my soulmate, or I'm looking for the one, Uh, as if there's like one person in the world that's the right person for them. And as a result, you go out dating, they go out dating, and they might meet somebody that for a few weeks or a few few months, they think, you know, maybe this is the one. And then suddenly, as that person gets too close, they withdraw, and they start thinking, well, actually, no, they start seeing the things they don't like about them, and they say, no, I've made a mistake, this isn't the one, and then they move on to somebody else. Because... It's, it's not that there is a one. I think having that idea that there is one person or one soulmate out there, that often is that defense mechanism. Mm. And it can really stop us from finding that really fulfilling relationship. Absolutely. And that's also why you find uh, that in the dating pool on most dating sites, there is a very large number of uh, people with avoidant attachment styles because they tend to be in the dating pool again and again, they find it quite difficult to maintain long-term relationships um, because they get triggered in their anxiety and therefore they step back, so they're anxious as well in their avoidance. Um, and they quite quickly, when they do get anxious, shut down the relationship and then, and then start again looking for the one, looking for the soulmate. So you're more likely to find people in the dating pool who are avoidant. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just in terms of drawing the parts about singles to a close before we move on to people in relationships, just having a think about if you are an anxious attachment, if you have an anxious attachment style, something that you might want to think about is if we're anxious, it may be that we're so concerned about being liked and so concerned about uh, finding that person and kind of having that person kind of like us or love us that sometimes there might be a tendency to start to get involved with like the first person you go out and meet mm. if, they, if they show any signs of interest and that might not be the best choice so one of the things you might want to consider if you're anxious is you know maybe start to go on a few dates with five or six different people mm. and start thinking you know what do I like about these people who do I think would actually really make a good partner and that 
Also, the great thing about maybe just going on a few dates with five or six people means that you're not getting too kind of caught up in thinking this is the person. We start mm-hmm. to be a little bit more objective so we can find that person who might really be a great long-term partner. Absolutely. Well, and ideally, what you would hope for is to come across someone who's secure. So if uh, a person is secure, they're comfortable with being in, in a relationship with someone else, they're relatively confident, they have a, a, a high level of self-esteem, they feel okay. They feel okay in terms of showing the other person that they're interested, so they're not, they don't have to play these kind of games with, with someone else. Um, they are uh, ready to build a more long-term relationship, they're reliable, but they're also okay with relying on other people. They're quite comfortable with um, you know, expressing their needs uh, from someone else. So if you have one person in that relationship, and this is really, really interesting, that's all the research has shown this, if there's one person in the relationship who's secure, one partner is secure, the relationship overall tends to be secure. And that's something that frequently uh, plays out in couples' dynamics. And you've talked about couples' dynamics here. So if you have one partner who's secure in the relationship, generally there doesn't tend to be uh, a lot of problems in relationships. However, if you have a combination of one or both partners being uh, either both anxious or both avoidant, or one anxious, one avoidant, that's when we see trouble ahead, basically. Yeah, and that's why it's so important to begin to learn about your own attachment style and the other person's. That's like, that's why we've developed the program, the relationship maze, is to help. You know, part of that is helping you to explore your attachment style and somebody else's, and above all, how you can learn to become more secure in your attachment style. Because you can become more secure in your attachment style, not just through being in a relationship with somebody who is secure, but through exploring you know, what's going on for you, what are some of the experiences that have maybe led you to have an anxious or an avoidant attachment style. Mm-hmm. And when you start to recognise that, it's about building up that internal, com- internal confidence and self-esteem and other factors that help you become more secure in your relationships. Absolutely, because that's a really important point that... Uh, as I said earlier on, attachment styles are not set in stone. So just because you have a particular style, that doesn't mean that you can't work on it, that you can't modify that, that you can't work towards becoming more secure uh, in yourself and then also in your relationship. Um, so there are ways and means of working on it. It's not something that you can just give up on and say, well, I mean, that's what I am and therefore I've got any chance ever to, to do anything about it. Uh, it can be done. So it can be modified. Absolutely. And, you know, we've had a little talk about how it can affect people who who might be single out dating, but it also can have a huge effect if you're in a relationship with somebody. Mm. Now, for example, if you have an anxious attachment style and you're with somebody who is more avoidant, Mm. that can manifest in certain ways and it, it can cause quite major problems. And one of those situations could be, for example, is... One person who is anxious, who's with somebody who's avoidant, mm. the person, you know, maybe who's avoidant, maybe, you know, they're, they're out working late one day or they're, they're out working late for a few days in, in, in a week and they don't send the other part, their partner kind of a message to say, I'm going to be out late. Now, the anxious person might start thinking, you know, what's this person doing? Mm. You know, even things like, you know, could this person be seeing somebody else? Or kind of, you know, do they not care about me? Or they start having all of this stuff playing in their heads. 
where maybe the other person is just kind of working hard and being more avoidant as well. They may not be so aware that the other person needs the reassurance, mm-hmm. which even just something like a text message saying, you know, I'm, I'm just going to be a little late today love you or whatever it happens to be which could just give that reassurance to the other person but what happens is the anxious person's there getting worried they're getting anxious so when the other person gets back you know from that long day at work the anxious person may even snap at them they might say like where have you been what have you been doing and you know the other person might be actually quite pleased to see their partner but suddenly they get this onslaught where being maybe even accused of things that that they haven't been doing because the anxious person's been so worried and so what happens is they get into a row they get into a fight and the avoidant person gets more avoidant because all this stuff gets triggered they start to feel like you know I'm, I'm, I'm this person's kind of like hemming me in or kind of doing whatever and and as a result you know that can have a real problem it can cause arguments friction and it can really be really challenging in a relationship absolutely and uh, and it's really worth emphasizing that most of the couples who i work with as a couples therapist um, have a presentation where one partner is avoidant and the other one is anxious so they constantly get into the kind of dynamic that you just described where one is uh, maximizing all the time, creating the problem, so to speak, saying, well, we need to talk about this, I've got this or that problem. And the other one is minimizing and stepping back and withdrawing all the time and finding it all too much. So one is advancing, the other one is running away. That's the kind of dynamic that you have all the time with the anxious avoidance style. And that's a very, very, very common uh, presentation, as I say, of in couples who really ha- get into arguments all the time where this plays out frequently. Um, But frequently also, of course, what uh, causes difficulties is when you have, as I say, a combination of two people who are avoidant, for example. Well, what do you think might happen when two people are avoidant? Well, they don't tend to last very long, these relationships, because what, what happens when you have two people who don't really want to trust each other, want to come close to each other, idealize each other, Um, looking for the one but then finding maybe this person isn't quite the one so they last for a while they can last for a while even um, avoidant relationships can last for a while but as soon as there's a really serious crisis in the relationship where one partner needs to rely and depend on the other for example one partner loses their job this particular couple combination gets into difficulties and doesn't tend to last or when there's children involved that's that's when it gets very complicated because you have to learn to you have to be able to rely on each other and be dependent on your partner and that's what's really difficult for somebody who is avoidant yeah and and taking that uh to a slightly different kind of level in terms of it's quite frequent that you actually do get anxious and avoidant people who come together because there is this strange sort of attraction Uh, and particularly with with somebody who's anxious they can get very attracted to someone who's avoidant because what happens is this anxiety constantly is getting triggered off Mm. so what happens is uh, say they're in a relationship the anxious person really wants to love and sometimes avoidant people can give what signals of love but it's very mixed signals so sometimes they give out what seems to be kind of loving signals Mm. and then they get distant when they feel like kind of being hemmed in Mm. and at those points when they get more distant the anxious person gets more anxious it's like the anxiety gets triggered off they get more and more anxious Mm. and then when the other person finally does show some caring the anxious person gets settled 
So what we have is these ups and downs. It's a little bit like a fix yes. in some ways. I think. Yeah, yeah, you? Totally. It's like yeah. you know, it's like you know, suddenly they kind of getting this need, this craving for love, and when they finally get it, it's like sometimes they have that craving yeah. met. So they're kind of constantly in this need for. Mm. I need to see signs that I'm being loved, and mm. so you know, a lot of the time they're feeling very, very anxious, and mm. then the odd time that they actually get the signals that the other person cares it becomes, it somehow seems even more dramatic Mm -hmm. because it's like they're getting that craving met. But it's not healthy because if you've constantly got these ups and downs, you're never really feeling settled. You're never feeling secure. And, you know, that that instant buzz can feel good for a short time, but there's long periods where that anxiety can be really intense. Mm -hmm. And, And in fact, sometimes it can lead to relationships where there can be experiences of even abuse or abusiveness Mm. because the person who's anxious may put up with things because they get those moments where they do feel that the other person's giving them love Mm. but a lot of the time the other person may be very distant and cold and can really treat them quite badly so avoidant people if they're with anxious people Mm. you know it's quite frequent that the avoidant person can even kind of belittle their partner when they're out. Absolutely. So I've seen many examples of this where mm-hmm. the avoidant person might just be very dismissive about their partner or kind of mm-hmm. say quite nasty things about them. Uh, and, you know, the anxious person, you know, puts up with them because if they, they're waiting for those moments where there is that sign of love and affection, which when they get it, it's like everything else doesn't seem to matter. Mm-hmm. But again, a lot of the time, they're really kind of feeling very low, they're very, very, very anxious, and it's not a good place to be. No. And the same is true of the last uh, combination that we haven't quite talked about yet, is when you have two partners who are both anxious. Um, so there tends to be a high form of expression in these kind of relationships, because uh, there's a lot of anxiety in the system, and both partners need to ramp it up, so both partners need to protest, ramp up their demands, once in a while if they feel like the other one isn't quite available enough for them. So you get a high level of um, drama very frequently in these kind of combinations where both partners are anxious. So because neither can kind of provide the security for the other, neither can kind of say, well, I'm here, fully there for you. There's this constant sense of, again, is this, is this comfortable? Is this, is this safe for me, this uh, relationship? Is the other one really there for me? It constantly gets questioned. Uh, and these relationships also don't tend to last really that long term. Yeah, absolutely. And and it doesn't mean that uh, some people with an anxious avoidant attachment style, if they're together, mm-hmm. or an anxious anxious avoidant avoidant, it doesn't mean they don't sometimes last. Mm-hmm. They can do, but it's of not course. usually that healthy, and it's usually mm-hmm. quite a struggle. Mm-hmm. There's often these arguments. Uh, but when you start to, in terms of things you can do about it, well, one of the first things is to become aware of your attachment style and your partner's attachment style, as we talked earlier about with, mm. with singles. Yeah. Because if you're aware of these dynamics, then you, that awareness in itself helps you know, actually, this is something going on within me. Yeah. It's not necessarily something that the other person's doing to me. It's actually... Yeah. You know, this is my attachment style. This is why I'm feeling this way. Mm. And if your partner is willing to explore mm. this too, yes. and they become that awareness, is then you can start to find different ways forward. You can start to have that awareness of each other's attachment style mm. and know that if one of you, for example, is getting anxious or one of you is starting to feel kind of, I need space on my own, you can learn to express it to each other and start to have more understanding. Mm. And kind of that can be an inroad to helping you both become more secure. Absolutely. Good, yeah. So all of this is what we 
talk about in a lot more detail in the relationship maze. So we will look at uh, your attachment style, explain what the different attachment styles are, what, uh, how you can identify your attachment style. So what does it look like for someone who is avoidant, anxious or secure? We will also look at what you can witness on the other side. So what is happening over there with the person I'm with, either on a date or in a relationship? What kind of signals tell me uh, what kind of attachment style I'm dealing with here, with the other person? And finally, we will also look in uh, a lot more detail at the different combinations, these different relations, uh, um, attachment styles in relationships and how they play out and what kind of difficulties they might bring and how you might want to address these difficulties. Absolutely. And attachment styles are really fascinating when you get mm. to learn about them. And having that understanding can make such a difference in your relationships. It can help you have really far more fulfilling and happy relationships. And finding that long-term fulfilling relationship that sometimes, if we've got that anxious style or avoidant style to the extremes, mm. we might think that sometimes we're never going to find that long-term fulfilling relationship. But you can. Yeah. And you can work at it. So you can work at yourself. Um, if you are anxious, if you are avoidant, um, you can work at it, you can develop it, um, you can kind of look at yourself uh, and see how you can manage this differently. And that in turn then will enable you to, to be fully there for another person and fully there for the relationship that you ultimately desire and deserve. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for listening today or for watching today. And we hope you tune into the next episode and we look forward to seeing you then. Bye for now. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. If you'd like to find out more about creating great relationships, go to therelationshipmaze.com and I look forward to seeing you there. And remember to tune in to the next podcast.